0: win stacks of cash by entering the 150k crack the code giveaway
1: From the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks.
0: Welcome back to Courtside with Kurt, the podcast. We have been on a long hiatus there. We have reshuffled the deck chairs here on the uh, USS Kurt Brown. And we are back with a new lineup here. Uh, I'm Brennan Curie. I'm back. I used to uh, host this with along with Kurt a while ago. Uh, Kurt is back, of course, our longtime courts and cops reporter. And we are joined by news editor Jack Spillane. How are you doing, Jack?
1: Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so we got an interesting court case to talk about today. The the general format, we have a trio now. We're kind of running a three-man weave now. But the general format of the podcast will stay the same. We're kind of focused on a court case uh, that was intriguing or kind of stood out to us. And we thought deserved a little bit more insight and a little bit more evaluation. So the case we're going to look at today is one involving uh, three people, two from Fall River and one from New Bedford, who have been charged with kidnapping a Middleborough woman here in New Bedford. And the the crux of this case is that it comes down to a witness intimidation case, according to the police and the court documents, that these uh, women as well as a man who, who wasn't involved in the physical attack but was there and possibly orchestrated it depending on the police uh, point of view there, had gone to try to, they thought that she had ratted on them and that their apartment had been raided because of uh, her information that she had given to the uh, New Bedford Police Department. Uh, Now, she has denied that she is a police informant. She did say that she had talked to an undercover police officer, but it provided no information. But it was about 5.30 in the morning on May 29th, uh, that, that the victim was discovered uh, on County Street, kind of the top of Clasky mm-hmm. Common, uh, so that the up, uphill side of Clasky Common. And uh, she said that she, a gray sedan had stopped beside her while she was walking. She had been yanked or pulled into the car, uh, at which point she uh, had been assaulted and uh, held against her will and that they had been yelling uh, rat at her, I'm saying the word rat uh, during the attack. This is what the victim has told police. That's right. Uh, Originally they arrested uh, two of the suspects. Uh, Their names are, oh, it's not right in front of me, uh, Kayla Rayson, as well as Ari Rayson. Uh, Ari Rayson is 41. They're both of Fall River. Uh, Kayla is 26. At the time they were looking for a third suspect, Tanya uh, Piccanini uh, of New Bedford. Uh, She has, about a month later or so it was, uh, they were able to to find her and she has since been arrested. Uh, So a lot of, lot of interesting things going on, a lot of moving parts in this case. What stood out for you, Kurt, as you were reporting this story? Um,
2: I found this case uh, over, in the, um, over in the Bedford District Court. The, the thing that jumped out at me was the word rat. Um, the report wasn't written in the best form, but there are many reasons for that. I remember asking uh, a couple of at least one clerk magistrate to read it, and um, he said, "Wow, um, yeah, the <coughs> uh, your impressions are correct." And my impression is that, and what, what the what the victim is saying is that she was beaten up because uh, these three people believe that she was an informant for the New Bedford Police Department's drug unit. Uh, that they said that she she said that she was yanked into the car. Um, that uh, uh, um, Ari Ranson uh, was there, did not participate in the beating, and that the two women assaulted her, stole her purse, and then threw her out of the vehicle. Um, I heard the 911 call <coughs> that she made to the police, and um, she is you can barely make out what she's saying. Uh, she's hysterical. But what is most egregious about this is that, um, <clears throat> is that this is really an attack on the uh, criminal justice system in many ways. <clears throat> We've asked the New Bedford Police Department about it, and their spokesman has said that uh, he has no comment on it.
0: So, Jack, you yeah. were the editor on these stories as you were reading through them. Is that what emerged for you? Is it that's what makes this well, the crux of the story here?
1: I was struck by how unusual it is to have a a, a witness intimidation. They do occur, occur occasionally, but I was struck by how brutal this was and how naked an attempt to intimidate this woman was. I was talking to Kurt in the hallways, and um, I was happy to understand that it doesn't happen that often because, as Kurt says, it, it is beyond a regular assault. It's an attack on the whole criminal justice system. These people are trying to make people answerable to them, not to the police. and and the courts. And so I thought, to me, that's what made it worrisome.
2: I Ag- with you 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, that's what stood out for me from the very beginning is, is that um, the courts have, have said that the use of informants is, uh, is perfectly lawful. Again, we're not saying that she is an informant. We don't know that. Uh, and, but the defendants, according to statements made in court documents, believe that she is.
1: Do, do you have any sense of why we don't see this that often? Um, because uh, obviously there are informants all the time. Uh,
2: maybe it doesn't get reported. Um, yeah. I think that's a, a big reason. And I, um, I think to some extent there is a, a sanctity that is attached to witnesses that people observe. Uh, but even
1: I, Even on the criminal side.
2: Even on the criminal side. But I also think that a lot of times it's not reported.
0: Now, you did go to the police and try to confirm if she was uh, on two occasions. occasions.
2: I I spoke to the chief, and uh, he uh, could not comment, and then I spoke to their designated spokesman, and he told me that uh, he had no comment from me.
1: Is that because they're protecting whether she's an informant?
2: I don't think they want to get into this.
0: And at some level, while uh, at some level it's obviously important if she wasn't informed or not, it's also to some level immaterial because That's all correct. that really matters is that they perceived her to be an informant that is and they acted correct. on that perception. Whether or not it's the truth or not really doesn't, you know, end up uh, affecting how much of a victim victim she is or how egregious the attack was.
2: Yeah, many years I covered a murder in Fall River where the uh, uh, suspect who was convicted of first-degree murder in a very bloody double homicide... Uh, that the two victims were killed because he believed that they were Fall River police department informants. So again, it's that key. It's that key. What
0: is in the defendant's mind? Now there are a couple other interesting things uh, in this case. One is that all three are kind of at different stages of, of their case right now. Uh, now uh, Ari and Kayla were were arrested at the same time. That I is believe. correct. Uh, and their husband and wife. Husband and wife. Uh, uh, both are from Fall River. Yeah. Now, he was both had dangerousness hearings. He was found dangerous and held without bail. Mm-hmm. She was found dangerous, but is being held on $5,000 cash bail. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, as last you had checked in, uh, she had not made bail yet. That is correct. Uh, but then the third suspect, who wasn't arrested until about a month later, she was at large for a while, uh, she will be having her dangerousness hearing Uh, Was it July 19th? No, 16th. 16th, okay. So that'll be coming up. So all three of them are kind of at slightly different stages here as they're moving through the
1: system. It's interesting that he was held without bail even though he didn't do the beating. That's correct. It's almost like they have a sense that he was doing the directing, if not... Doing the beating—that's
2: what the police report say. That yeah. he was in the vehicle and he authorized and uh, instructed the two women, one of whom is his wife, to uh, assault this woman. Uh, but he did not participate in it himself.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah, so it's the idea that kind of the, the chief is more dangerous than the soldier. Even You're though he didn't do right. the actual. Yeah. Act. Even though he didn't do it, but if he, sure. if he's the mastermind, that actually makes him more dangerous. In, in the bigger picture uh, and then we'll uh, another interesting thing with uh the tanya piccanini uh who was the third suspect who was arrested the one from new bedford um you wrote in your story that she had a disagreement with the lawyer assigned her case <laughs> right. and the attorney did not think he could represent her have you have you seen that is that a pretty unusual or
2: it does not happen often uh <clears throat> many times what happens in the lockup stays in the lockup uh, but in this case uh, judge uh, sorrenti um, looked at the uh, defendant and said, well, I am sorry, but you're going to have to stay at the House of Correction a little bit longer. I believe this was over the uh, uh, July 4th weekend uh, because yep, I... You, you wrote it on the Wednesday, it looks yeah. like,
0: and then uh, her, uh hearing was uh, uh, held until Friday's court right. date. So yeah. she had no fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear he, them from the Ash Street Jail or whatever. He
2: said, the judge very distinctly said from the bench that you've had a uh, disagreement with your lawyer. He does not feel that he can represent you, uh, so we'll have to try to find you another lawyer on Friday.
0: Was that lawyer present with her or no?
2: Um, I saw him when he went to the lockup. I did not see him <laughs> afterwards or else I would have cornered him and talked to him.
0: Anything else uh, for either one of you guys? As, as Jack, has you read in these uh, series of stories? We've been written, I think, four stories now on this in yeah, the last couple yeah. of weeks.
1: It, it, it is just a fascinating case. It is. Uh, it will be, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. It's,
2: it's one of the great cases that come out of district court. Uh, sometimes it makes it to superior court. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I have not seen him in, involved in this case, but I am told that uh, DA Tom Quinn has showed up a couple of times that he has particular interest in this case, uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to him. Um, the other thing that I find really interesting, and it doesn't just pertain to this case, but the court has been using it more and more often, is establishing bail, and then if the person meets the bail, establishing a curfew. And I then, saw
0: that. She had 9, 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. if she makes bail, And right? then
2: monitoring that curfew with a GPS device. I, I think that's fascinating. Uh, just as an aside, I think on the 3rd, July 3rd, I saw a person on probation come to the court um, and ask if he could have his curfew extended so that he could attend New Bedford's Fireworks.
0: Do you know with how they ruled yes, on it? Or?
2: the judge says, uh, you've been doing really well uh, on the curfew. My mind is to keep it in place. It was Judge Sorrenti again, oh. so he kept the uh, curfew in place. But it's one way of protecting the public mm-hmm. without incarceration.
0: Okay. All right, well, just, just to recap there. So there are the three suspects who, who have been arrested. Uh, Ari Rason 41, Kayla Rayson, uh 26, and Tanya Piccanini uh, 34. As we said earlier, they're all kind of slightly different points in their uh, stage. There, I think the next thing is going to be the dangerousness hearing uh, from Ms. Piccanini on the 16th. On the 16th, and then uh, we'll see where these course cases go from there. I'm sure you'll be following along closely, I will Kurt. Be, yeah,
2: I'll be there on the 16th.
0: As always, you can follow Kurt uh, on Twitter. <coughs> Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. At @KurtBrown_SCT. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Brown underscore SCT. I get uh, that right. Yeah, that. All correct. right, it's been a little while. I got you know, got to get back on the horse here, and uh, it's like riding a bike. Uh, and you can read all of his work in the Standard Times and at southcoasttoday.com. dot com. Thanks for joining us, Jack. That's uh, great. Hope that's our nice. listeners enjoy this new uh, three man weave here.
2: Yes, Jack. It's nice to have you here.
1: Nice to be here. Uh, before we leave i wonder if we could just we're gonna talk briefly about the uh poll uh, oh yeah so, yeah so you'll know a little more about that one so, so i'll let you take the lead so on i this. just i just want to from time to time we have these interesting incidents usually in the city uh of, of people using uh, uh unusual weapons and this week we had one uh, where uh, i guess both gentlemen were, were uh wielding poles and it took uh, place just a, a stone's throw from the South End police station. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought it, 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 it was striking the things that sometimes people use as weapons. Yeah, uh, it is. I, st-
2: and uh, I kept looking, I read the report three or four times looking for the word metal. I never saw the word metal, but I guess it's inherent in, mm-hmm. in what a pole is. The other thing that I really thought was uh, interesting is that Michael Cassidy, who's a police sergeant, who has. Del- <laughs> He's a wonderful police officer. He's delivered two babies. He saved somebody who had a medical emergency and was uh, recognized by the PD at over at Market Basket. Michael took it upon himself to go to get the surveillance tapes. Uh, over at the uh, South End Station to try to determine who was the aggressor. Uh, He determined that the person who was arrested was the aggressor. From reading the report, I wondered maybe the the person that they're designating as a victim should have also been charged too, but they did what they did.
1: It, it was interesting that there was surveillance tape of the lower mm. part of County Street, yeah. because I, that is not in the area that I was aware was under surveillance. Yeah.
0: I mean, these days with the, biz, the amount of businesses and people that have their own surveillance, yeah. and just it's the number, amazing. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's become cheaper <laughs> and more easy to set up, yeah. and more reasonable to run, and but easier this was to si- store. This was city surveillance. This, yes, oh, this one was. was okay. Yeah, right. that's what. But in the past, north. we've certainly done a lot of stories where they've gathered yes. out plenty of uh, local business.
1: Private business uh, tape, too. So it it seems like there's always uh, something unusual happening um, in the city.
2: Yeah, I think if you're you're outside, you've got to, as we've talked about before, you just have to assume that you're under surveillance.
1: Well,
0: they'll keep us busy with this podcast here going forward. (laughs) So uh, we're hoping to have it on a a more regular schedule. As always, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We host them on Omni, Uh, Spotify. Uh, If you're on Spotify, uh, search for South Coast Today, Uh, not Courtside with Kurt, uh, but that's where all of his uh, podcasts will come through that feed. As always, thanks for listening.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks,
1: Brendan.